we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country throughout Australia from which we conduct our podcast. We would like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hey guys, welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today we are joined with Sophisticated Dingo. So, how are you guys? Good. Great. Lovely. Yeah, great now that we're here, ready for this. <laughs> Lovely day in Melbourne, out in the backyard. Yeah, no, it's, it's beautiful. And um, yeah, just loving the blue skies in the middle of winter. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice. I'm, I don't mind if it's cold if it's a nice day. The gloomy weather just makes me miserable and not want to do anything. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's natural. It's a biological reaction, I guess. I don't, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah so how how did you guys come to be sophisticated dingo like how did you guys meet when did you guys start playing music we we're, we're schoolmates we met when we were uh well when we first met probably i was 12 and you were probably 11 yeah and like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so which is like 14 years ago now yep crazy yep. thing about that wow. it's it is that is crazy but yeah we went to school together um and then towards the end of high school you know we both we knew we played music um and i was i was jamming with maybe um three uh, yeah three of my other mates and we wanted a singer for the band and walked jimmy because we were all in the same music class and that just came together and so we had this five-piece band that were in throughout the end of high school and for a bit after high school and then one day we were rehearsing with that band and jimmy really liked this song we were working on but no one else in the band dug it i think the quote from the drummer was oh, i don't want to be a stoner rock band <laughs> and then jimmy and i looked at each other and went like oh we could be a stoner we rock band <laughs> I mean, what we play now is we're not a stoner rock band, but like that got the ball rolling for where it was like... It's an element to start. Well, yeah. Dingo became, me, yeah. Me and Jimmy decided, you know, oh, screw it. We both love, we both love, you know, hooky, um, guitar-driven... Thrashy. Yeah, thrashy, kind of rough around the edge pop songs. So like that's when we decided, oh, yeah, let's try and write some. And so we started sending each other yeah, ideas for songs and then... Just little voice memos. We were just like write their songs, even just on acoustic or jam on electric and just send me voice memos and I'd like start writing some drums to it. At the time I wasn't playing drums in the other band. So it was like awesome release for me to be able to like play an instrument instead of just singing and like, yeah, it was really good. And we just, yeah, we just started going with it and did both bands at the same time. And then eventually that petered out and yeah, here we are in, in this band and yeah, we've just been doing it for, been writing together for a good five years and playing yeah. oh, sorry writing probably for seven years and then playing for the last five so yeah yeah it's playing just, and releasing music for yeah, five yeah, yeah almost yeah that's wild and where where did sophisticated dingo the name come from how did you guys come up with that i i remember it clearly because i don't remember it at all yeah i remember <laughs> louis calling me. i was working at a cafe one morning and louis calls me that morning well you tell the story you've yeah. been out the night before well, no i just i just woken up and i had a text back from a close friend of ours and the text just read oh that's pretty that's pretty weird and i was like oh what if i text him and i look and it was oh what do you reckon about sophisticated dingo question mark no other context and that's the first i'd heard of it myself 
I obviously came up with it the night before. And then, so I, I just, I, yeah, I, I think I rang Jimmy. Yeah, you rang I, me at work. I reckon I actually and you were went, just like, this. Yeah. Like, fuck, um, it's good. It's weird. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I it was like a yin and yang situation, yeah, which we I kinda, really appreciate. Yeah, we kind of just laughed and it was like, oh, well. It, and we had a gig coming up that we, we'd been booked yeah, for, but we needed a name. Needed so, you a know, name to play the gig. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, th- that's kind of all right. Like, let's go with it. And then, yeah, it just stuck. I mean, a lot of people say they really like it. I always just go like, oh, I don't think it's that great. But, but I, you know, I'm happy it's our name. Cause yeah, it, no, I love it. I like, think that's always what happens. I always am out and, like, someone yep. will say something really rogue and I'll just be like, that's a good band name. That's it. That's the one. And I never write them down. I think I should. I should just compile a list <laughs> of really random shit. It's like raspberry mullet. Like, I don't know, some really, like, random shit. And it's always, like, the best band names come from that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't force it. It'll come naturally. And, yeah, you got to write it down. Otherwise, you'll never remember it. And you'll be stuck with a name like Sophisticated Dingo. So, oh, that runs well. <laughs> <laughs> I never think of us being a different, called a different name, which mm, no. I feel like... Uh, when you like choose a name it's like this be all and end all thing yeah. at the start of your process of being yeah, a band that's true. we've never really second guessed it i never think about it i'm like yeah we are that's, that's very true it's it's no regret. It just, you didn't yeah. think about it good yeah for sure so who um does what with you guys in terms of like writing production do you guys produce your own stuff or what's the go oh we oh, our production extends as far as doing a really average demo on like Ableton or GarageBand and just using it to structure the song. Yeah. Um, but we, we, yeah, when we go to record, we, um, we work with the guy called, at the moment we're working with the guy called Sam Swain. He's a great mate. Um, he's always worked on the stuff by Rat Hammock and Josh Cashman. Yeah. Um, and yeah. He's, he's done our last two EPs. No, no, I did the last EP. Oh, last EP, sorry, yeah. yeah. And he's doing the current single that's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's that. Writing-wise, we both write together. I mean, like, you know, we, we live separately. So I'll play guitar and, you know, sing some things. And if it comes together, there's a song idea. I've got them to practice and, you know, I'll show Jimmy and then we'll work on it. And a lot of the song is formed in that moment when we jam together and we hear what, it, what the idea is like, out my, like say an idea I have on guitar and there's some vocals, what that sounds like with Jimmy's natural instinct to, to drum to it how he will. And, you know, we try and just workshop it like that. Yeah. It's always very live driven, like trying to get a song ready to play live. Yeah. And then from there, we're trying to put an effort in to work with Sam on like, let's focus on pre-production. What are the things sonically, song structure wise that we can rearrange and um, work out best in a few sessions before we hit the studio for a day and record it as it's going to be released. So we, we try and workshop it a bit as maybe bands have in the past or you get told you should do it rather than just as going in there and playing the live track we, we always, but we yeah. always do that and there's always gonna be an element of that which is good yeah we, we, we're 100%. thinking if we write a song we're thinking this is how it's going to sound on stage so that's that's pretty much yeah. what you get when you listen to dingo or what we're going to record well that's good because like not to shit on anyone but i hate when you listen <laughs> to like an audio recording and it you see them live and it sounds nothing like it and you're just like oh well fuck and sometimes they're better live or sometimes they're better in the audio. And so I love it when they're quite similar because like sometimes I just find myself going back on like videos I have on like a live set because it sounds so much better than like an audio recording. Yeah, it's a massive element of something. Like there's 
definitely so many bands out there that are better at one or the other or it's yeah. people's personal preference at the end of the day but yeah i think it's the way yeah you can kind of get what you're given that's it recording. let's not put ourselves on record saying that we are exactly the same though because yeah no, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, no we're way better live 100 yeah. yeah we should all <laughs> buy tickets to the shows you get way extra fills. <laughs> you do though. And a lot of spills. You don't. You don't get all the bullshit between. Louis plays half the show falling over. It's great. Yeah, legit. Jimmy never wears clothes. You don't get to know that if you listen to the songs. It, you don't. Come to the show. Life is always better. Live is always better. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, have you guys ever had like any tips when you're like trying to come together with a song, or are you guys usually on par with one another? Actually, like in terms of writing songs not really we're pretty in tune with that or like it like yeah. there's not really much disagreement. i would say 100 percent. the songwriting process is like it's, it's as smooth as it can be yeah really. that, that's the smoothest you bit. wouldn't think it we fight like about other crap band. <laughs> like if it's just us two like on tour driving together like you know we, we we have fun but like we have to work to make that uh that ride good otherwise <laughs> yeah. we get to the the venue and we're just like shattered and just don't want to talk to each other yeah, and play sure. a show. So, right now it's just two people yeah in the car, you know it's like, that takes more work but the song like it's like we're, yeah. we're very on the same page what we want musically and like even without saying it if like we have an idea and someone thinks oh we should do it like this or like the other person thinks oh we should do it like that we come to an agreement because we kind of know what we want out of the song like yeah. further down the track what the end result is and like what we want to do with our you know, music career, we know where we're heading and what we want to do. So I think that's why it's easy for us to get on the same page on those smaller decisions. I also think just from knowing each other and being mates yeah. for since like high school, you know, yeah. it's just like giving each other criticism is actually really easy to do yeah. and it's healthy for us. And like both of us just listen instead of get stubborn at the matter of the fact, like, it's very true. which I think is really important in a yeah. band. Like, definitely. And so yeah, you guys started releasing music in what 2016? Yeah. yeah. Um, what kind of like was the driving point to push you to finally like put music out into the world? The very first point was just we wanted to play. We wanted to play more shows than we had been playing, and we saw this an avenue to play shows. And then we got a gig, and it was like okay. And we didn't want to. Well, I think in all fairness, Jimmy, you wanted to get like, I just start a Facebook page, just do that. And I was like, no. Yeah, yeah, let's, no, I let's did, I have, did. I wanted to get it out there. Yeah, yeah. Let's have something to show the people. Like, Before I wasn't, we yeah. get accounts going yeah. and all that. Like. I wasn't willing to launch the, the you know, the, the public face of the band until we had something ready. So that that's, that's really what drove that. Um, but below that, I mean, what was bubbling up in me is just wanting, you know, Maybe it comes across as egotistical, but wanting to go to a party and someone like ask me like, oh, what have you been up to? And you say, oh, I've been making this music or whatever and have my friend go, yeah, no, I saw that, you know, or they come to you and like, oh, like, that's awesome. You put that song out. Like, how's it going? It looks like it's going really well. That's yeah. really, that's really cool. That, yeah. that really drives me as a person to, to do more things. So, yeah. you know, yeah, literally I bumped into like a few of our old high school mates that I hadn't seen for probably about five years. Um, and they were just at a pub up the road and I was walking past and I sat down and like had a beer with them because they just like spotted me. And I'm, like instantly they're just like, how's the music going? How's Dio? Yeah. How's Lewis? Like, it looks like it's going really well. And then so I'm like, crap, this is the first thing you guys want to talk about. That's really cool. Like, yeah. So yeah. yeah. And it is, I guess, egotistical in a way, but oh. in that nice, like, I think matter so right. of like you just want recognition for what yeah you're doing. you do and to do that you got to 
put in the hard work and actually release music. Yeah, every, is, yeah. Everyone might bring you down for, for saying you want recognition, but everyone wants some recognition at the end of the day for doing yeah. something. And for they, whatever they're doing. Yeah, we're putting effort into it, and it's really nice when you get to have those conversations with your mates. Yeah, yeah it's like a yeah. sense of accomplishment. You feel like you've yeah. done something cool. Everyone yeah. <laughs> done something cool. Um, 100%. So you recently released um, a new track, Day in the Life. Can you, do you want to tell us a bit about the song, what it's about, how it came to be, the process behind it, all that? Sure thing. Um, so starting with it, where it came from, I mean, we would have just finished recording our second EP and it was kind of a point where we didn't have a lot of songs um, in the bank ready to go and record a new EP or something. So it was kind of starting afresh after that. And it's just, you know, it, it came around, I think during last year, during lockdown, I, I built yeah. up a lot of voice memos on my phone, you know, of ideas. And this one just kind of stuck with me as something I wanted to go for. I was listening to a lot of Royal Headache um, Press Club and I really tuned into that, I think, on the, the kind of jangly, distorted guitar chords that you hear with a lot of open strings. So I was really liking that element of it. And then what it's about lyrically, um, I, I honestly, I had a really rough year at work last year just because of um, the big change in, you know, the pandemic coming about and being forced to, you know, work from home. I was in a new team and my year just, it, I just, you know, the, the team I moved into, it just, it just wasn't right for me. And it took me a whole year really of going through that and just um, getting getting stuck in the um, the grind of knowing something was, you know, affecting my life that was not allowing me to enjoy it. And then eventually realizing it was just work. That was the only the thorn in my side that was keeping me from getting more out of my life. And then, you know, making that realization and, and finding a new role at work. Um, it really helped me overall and in a position now where I'm just so much happier and uh, enjoying life more getting to, you know, live it to its fullest and, you know, my whole life is better because of just one thing I changed and it was really empowering to make that change. Um, and just, yeah, it set me on a new path and yeah, like loving working on Dingo and yeah, music and the balance of my overall life, how everything is fitting. So that that's lyrically what the, the song is about. You know, if, if anyone's going through something, uh, uh, not enjoying their life overall very much. And they're much, just stuck in the motions of it. Stuck in know. the motions. If you can identify that, that thing or things, you know, depending on what the situation is, that is that thorn in your side and do something to try and change it. It's, it's really empowering. I find. So yeah, that's, that's the message. Yeah. hundred percent. That's such a common feeling as well. When you're just in oh, yeah. routine of life, you just like getting up, going to work, going to bed, doing something on the yeah. weekend and then you're just doing it always. Yeah. Yep. I've spoken to so many people lately that are in a rut like that. And it's like really, like such a difficulty also to find that one thing that's gonna like yep. pick you up almost. Takes a lot of work and um, you know, a lot of reflection on yourself and yeah, work to find it. It's so easy to fall into those patterns and then so hard to bring yourself out of it if if yeah, if it's if it's bad. For sure. And like how long does a song kind of take you to write or then produce and kind of get out? It really varies. Yeah. Often like the good ones, like the writing stage, I reckon you get this initial spark and you know, it's going somewhere that that's really instantaneous and you know, you've got to follow it through. 
but yeah. then the, the rest like of when it, we're in the practice studios and it's just sort of happening and everything's flowing and like we can just quickly bounce ideas like Lou will be like this fill works here that works there and then yeah. you know and if the structure comes really quickly to Louis's head it's so much easier for me to kind of just understand it and then add in any sort of bits that I think fit yeah. and it's definitely like when it's that really cohesive level in the practice studios and we're just like going like so it can happen really quick the end of a yeah. song you know and figuring it all out yeah. it's so that's the that's the writing bit yeah if it comes quickly usually it's pretty good then the recording bit it takes a bit longer really to just as we said work in some pre-production work out what are we going to do here to make it really click right for a recording you know then get good at it try and play it out in some shows then go record it and mixing and mastering like those last details on making it sound right after we've put all the sounds down and then probably the longest bit is actually preparing to release it yeah you know you're gonna prepare months out to get all the elements in place put all your ducks in a row yeah. to uh you know knock it out and like now's just a really nice time when the song's out I'm watching it all happen yes yeah, <laughs> it's fun <laughs> do you ever like play a song like let's say at a live show before it's released to like suss the feels on like what the vibe would be like for it Definitely. from an yeah. audience's perspective. Yeah. I'd say we do that with every new song. Yeah. yeah. Mainly, mainly because we've written it and then we have a show and we're like, well, we're going to play it. Yeah. Like, that's exciting for us. Yeah. yeah so we do it. We do it a lot. I see a big difference. And that's another reason to come to the shows because uh, you'll probably hear a song that hasn't been released and will be released a while away, you know? When yeah. we first started, we were playing, we were playing songs off the, the EP we just released last year. We were playing them at our first gig in 2016. So, you know, you could have been listening to it four years before it was released, you know. It's a different thing because, you know, being a band just, you know, coming up, you know, the whole world doesn't know who we are. So if we play a, show, a song at a show and then, like, the likelihood of, yeah, some people will know it when it's released, but, like, a lot of people won't. So in my mind, are two two different things. You can play whatever live and then release, yeah, a song. As you said, you've been playing for five years, release it, and it's still a new song. So I, I like that element of it, and it's different. It, it often, as we said, put a lot of work into actually, you know, working out the bits on how it's um recorded and sounds different to what it is live. Yeah. You know, it's a different thing. I always get like these ner excitement nerves when you're playing a new song, like when. We were playing the, a couple of shows. We've supported um, Betty Ray's and Press Club at the corner recently. And they were epic shows for us, you know, playing at the corner, yeah. our hometown stage that's huge for us, like Dream of playing that. And like, Louis is like, all right, they're like these double set nights. So you play two sets in one night because of capacity laws. And Louis like, let's play both the new songs. I'll put one in this set, one in this mm. set. And every time we get up to that in the set list, like I'm comfortable the whole time. And I'm like, yeah. oh, we're about to play the new one. Like, see how it goes. Like, see the reception yeah. on it. It's always so exciting and nerve wracking. but. Yeah. Keeps you on your toes. And now that it's recorded and out there and we played again, I'll probably be like that calm feeling again with it, you know? It's, yeah. but so we've got to write a new one. Yeah, so again, that's yeah. it. Now I've got a new one to put into the set list. That's, it's good. Um, here's a hypothetical situation. If, so let's say you guys wrote a song and like you loved it. It was like one of your favourite songs you've written, but you knew that everybody else didn't like it. Would you still put it out? Uh... Like if we'd played it live and no one yeah. liked it. Or you just thought like no one was really vibing with it. Would you still put it out for like your own like self? Or would you just keep it in the bank and just like have a jam to it with yourselves? I think, I think honestly me, 
and like I probably get loud about this, like um, yeah, probably would keep it in the bank. The big thing is, yeah, if no one's liking it at a show and we're playing it, I think that's a pretty clear indication. Yeah, no, for sure. Be relieved. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say if we recorded it and whatnot, yeah, we keep it in the bank. You never know. Might be able to sell it in a different way in a few years if someone yeah, else looks it differently. I don't and know. we put out songs that like, we don't play much anymore. Yeah, like, you know, we put out songs that are actually out there and, yeah. you know, released to the world. They're just random singles, maybe not part of an EP or anything. Yeah. But, you know, like, we haven't played that song in years. Like, yeah. I think that's, it's, that's a good point. And, like, you know, maybe that's personally because we don't actually yeah. enjoy playing it as much live anymore as opposed to our new stuff or whatnot. But yeah. it's still out there and it's kind of nice to go back and reflect on it. Yeah. And, but then straight up, I just don't, I think that proves, I just don't think we're that precious. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're happy to. <laughs> We'd probably just put it out. <laughs> you know, we're happy to listen to people when receptive and say, if they don't like it, then yeah, good point. Put that away. Whatever. We'll yeah. work on something else. Yeah. So fair. Plenty more to do. Um, so what is your guys' like personal favorite song that you guys have released so far? Oh. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's super tough. Um, super tough question. Wow. Uh, uh, there's this a lot one's there. up there, honestly. Yeah. This yeah, day in the life is up there. I got a few. I'd say yeah. first EP, Girls Who Don't Care. Second EP, What Is Going On and Mary. And nice. then yeah. it's too early to say, but yeah. I really like Day in the Life now, but just because it's it's new and it's fun. So yeah. yeah. That's my four. I don't think I'm allowed to choose four, but that's yeah. yeah. Right. I think I'm if four. Yeah. yeah Second EP for me, ego. And what is going on? They're probably the two. What is going on just had this real single element to it. We released it real nicely and it was sick. And then Ego is sort of like a bit of a different track for us and mm. uh, shows a different side to Louis playing and also just has this ending to it that just always gets me so excited. It makes me, whenever we play it live, I love it. And it's just like, I don't know, it was really nice. I always like would go back and like listen to that track, <laughs> even though it's maybe not the most generic of dingo kind of songs but it's yeah i loved releasing that whole ep because yeah. of those two songs oh, yeah. So. but yeah i don't know i think day in the life will kind of come up there i, just, yeah. I love it say. two minutes 20 of just bam you yeah know? and quick louis vocals on a sec and we just like got this real hard element to it which i really like this new new dingo where it's going so it's a great song yeah, there's three thank you thank you very much thank you um question do you guys like did you ever get lessons with your instruments or did you self-teach yep uh yeah we well, both do yeah i was in, uh what was it yeah i started learning guitar when i was 11 at primary school and yeah i always like learning was a big part for me because um i never thought i had that natural ear just to pick things up and that really frustrated me especially into late high school like i found my friends at our band we played in high school i found everyone else yeah. had a really good ear me personally no but then after school i don't know i'm relaxed or something a little bit and yeah i find i pick things up through ear more but yes definitely had to learn from the start and i yeah i, I got better at listening over time so yeah had to, it was a struggler at first yeah uh and i did drum lessons in high school um but we were playing, like, in high school, we were playing in these jazz bands, you know? Yeah. So it's like all my drumming in high school was just learning jazz. Like, literally, it was all I wanted to do. It was all I cared about, really, because we were playing in these, like, sort of jazz big band kind of things. And, you know, I, that's why I really enjoyed The Birth of Dingo, because Louis comes to me and is like, let's write these, you know, kind of riffy songs, and you're going to play rock music to it. And I was like, <laughs> wow, okay. Like, I realised this is completely different. And I, 
So I'd say that like elements of learning all these ways to play the drums in high school, like, and then with Dingo, it's like kind of relearning something, but you've already got the skills there. You've already got the chops in a way, but you're self-teaching how to actually play this kind of genre of music. And I'm still forever learning. Like I can, from the start of Dingo to now, like I've become a much better drummer in terms of this music that we're playing and we'll only keep progressing. That's what I love. It's like, we're always learning and bouncing off each other. You know, it's great. Louis always writing songs that are faster and I'm like, oh God, yeah, I can't play these. That's, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's good. You know, we get into a practice studio and I'm like, I literally can't move my hand that fast yet. And then by the end of <laughs> yeah, you know, you a do. few weeks, it's like, wow, this comes naturally. It's like, Louis just made me a better drummer through <laughs> the art of writing a great song. So. Happy to keep doing that. Yeah, it's pushed me. <laughs> yeah, I always find it so interesting to see whether people like have like kind of self-taught themselves because I find that they play so differently to people who are yeah. like technically taught like I always say I think I've said it in so many episodes but I have like so many mates who I look at them play because I had like lessons when I was younger and I look at them play and I just think it's so wrong and like how could you possibly know that that was gonna sound right but they just randomly do and I just think it's so interesting yeah it's actually a big comment so many like I look at a lot of technical drummers on stage and I'm like wow I don't move like that and I've had people come up to me like countless of times actually and just like you don't look like you should be able to play the drums <laughs> you play really well and I'm like I think that's my technique <laughs> it's like but yeah Shot. yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> like a stylistic thing you, you yeah know, exactly your own drums exactly uh, you gotta play it your own way yeah yeah exactly so you play you played a lot of gigs over the years. Um, we love to hear all the good stories and all the bad stories. So can you give us one of your favorite gig memories and also one of your best gig horror stories? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got two, two good ones. <laughs> um, first tour in, um, um, yeah, 2018 in support of our first EP. One good story was, um, no, I'll start with the horror one. Yeah, okay. start with the horror. We ended up in Bendigo after playing Adelaide the first night. And Bendigo was just a mess. Uh, played this venue that, um, I won't name it, but, you know, a month before we were meant to play there, the owner got sent to prison for whatever reason. Um, the person that took over, um, <laughs> we got their interesting setup. Um <laughs> like wouldn't give us the set times and we couldn't understand why because we wanted to tell the other bands when to get there. We got there and we suddenly learned why. It was just a big mishmash of whatever was going on. Anyway, whatever, fast forward, we're playing the gig um, and like no one is there in this joint and we just look up the back and the the, um, the, the soundy, like I reckon it was their first time like operating a machine because uh, the console because like, they were pretty much like DJing, like oh, turning knobs. No. Like, yeah. you know I was, I was watching. I was like, "What was like, are is you that, doing?" Like the overheads going up and then yeah, down, yeah, and then yeah. down. That's phasing the guitars. Very now. funny. Like, this guy. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's, but that's not the worst. But that, that's just a funny little bit. I don't, I don't mind. Good on them They're doing the job. Yeah. I'm not lucky to play that any. But like, I don't know. Then we just, we just called it about twenty minutes to our set because we we're like, no one's here. This is ridiculous. Anyway, like we had, I don't know, um, had all our gear out the front of the venue, ready to leave. And then the owner comes over, she's like, oh man, what are you leaving? What's going on? And I'm um, like, yeah, man, I'm going to split. He's like, all right, man, I'm going to go save this night. And he, and, he, and he got up there on stage with his son and him and they played a set. 
And it was just, it, and yeah, it, it was just a mess. I, I wish I'd rehearsed this story because I just wanted to execute it well. I haven't, but you know, <laughs> we never got paid for that show. It was just an absolute, absolute mess. And yeah, and then we went and slept in a caravan that night. So it was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, a very odd night in Bendigo. Most, and um, yeah. yeah, looking forward to going back. <laughs> On that same tour though, good story. I remember we played in Brisbane. I, I had the flu. It was confirmed a week later that I had the flu. I only started feeling sick on the plane ride up. And then by the time we got to the, like we stayed in this band we were playing with, um, stayed at their house. I was like dead on the couch just all day. So zapped out yeah. of it. Um, we got to gig anyway, whatever, just horrible play through the set being affected by the flu. But then after it was all worth it. Cause there was this one guy there and he said how much of a fan he was. And he was a returned, um, serviceman from he'd been on tour in afghanistan and yeah. he had played our song like he'd got him and his i don't know what you call him his troop his crew whatever his his army mates they would they loved our song head talk and he'd come and he'd show us photos of all of them like uh, and videos of them listening to it and like that made it for me i was like hell yeah i can be that sick and have to get through that but it's so worth it if we see a meet a bloke like that like it was unreal wow yeah. that's fucking awesome that's a, that's a great story. I love both of those. And Thanks. like also trust that that happened in Bendigo. That's such a Bendigo story, I feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't want to, we're not shaming all Yeah, no, no, Bendigo. I feel this bad. Right, right. I it was, love yeah. Bendigo, but it is such a Bendigo story. Like, I love that. Yeah. I don't think this venue is still around. Yeah, anymore. no. Like, no. it's gone. So <laughs> we don't feel too bad about saying that one. But definitely, what, probably the most shocking gig yeah. experience. But it was really funny. It was I think funny. it's one yeah. of the, the it's best still got memories. The story. It's so it's stupid. Yeah. It's yeah. good to look back on now. Have a bit of yeah. a laugh. <laughs> um, what's been you guys' like favorite place to play, or favorite venue to play at? Ooh, um, we recently actually, yeah, we had a ripper tour with Raised as Wolves in April. We did a little co-headline tour um, off the back of releasing our EP last year during lockdown, and we couldn't tour it at the time, so. We organized this tour in April that we just did at, uh, a few months ago. Um, and it was sick. We got to play Frankie's Pizza by the Slice in Sydney for the first time. And I just, like, I've been there before and it's always just this, like, rock and roll venue where you drink whiskey and fresh apple juices. <laughs> and it's just great. But, like, there's something about that tour that, like, every gig of that tour was really good. Um, you know, we just... We played a sold out show in Melbourne as well. And like, it was like really this element of people actually singing along with our songs. And like, it was the first time we played in Sydney where like, you know, we had a good mosh dance yeah. and it was like Sydney had just got out of lockdown and like, we had a really awesome night. Louis got wasted actually, that was <laughs> hilarious. But you know, people singing along to our shows in this like dungeon of Frankie's and I yeah. just loved it. Like it was so good. It was um, awesome. So, yeah, Frankie's was amazing. I would say it's like the best or most exciting venue, but I just oh, like will always remember that no, night. Like, that was we... unreal. Apart from that, um, I would love to go back to Adelaide. We did the Exeter in Adelaide oh, on our yeah. first tour. Yeah, yeah, Adelaide yeah. was off chops. Always when we go to Wollongong, that's really fun. Yeah. Um, we've done La La La's twice now. Now we're going to go to Dicey Riley's this time. So we're really looking forward to that. And then, yeah, Melbourne is always, you know, so good to us because we're from here. So, yeah, you know, no, Melbourne's just been unreal. Yeah, this year's us. been great. I mean, we've done... Leadbeater and the Tote, our own headlines sold out this year. And then, yeah, some sold out supports for Press Club and Betty Ray's at the corner. Yeah. It's been a great like, year. It was so exciting playing the corner for the first time. Yeah. And selling out our own shows this year in Melbourne and that becoming a frequent thing. Like, yeah. every venue here has just been 
Incredible. It's been brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I saw you guys at, was it the Lead Beta, maybe? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, that's probably. In January? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I saw you guys. That was actually such an awesome gig. I'd just been away um, with my girlfriend in Perth. That's where she's from. And I'd been there for like three weeks. So me and Louis hadn't seen each other at practice. And I'm watching the ticket sales go up and up. And then it's like a week before I'm meant to come home. Like I got home two days before that gig. And Louis like, dude, we're going to sell this out. And I'm like, holy crap. And I started just getting so nervous. I'm like, I haven't practiced. And we literally like, I got back from Perth. And then a day later, we went into the practice studio for just like seven hours just yeah. to get gig ready. Because we're like, holy crap, it's like, it's I think it was out. our first sold out yeah. show in Melbourne, like our own headline sold out show that we're playing. So we were nervous and excited. And it's like after lockdown, everyone's amped up. Like it was an yeah. awesome crowd. And we just like, that show was awesome to just come back straight into like so this 2020 to, uh, 2021, like start the year off with a bang. But I just remember what Lewis was like, all right, I booked the studio. We got seven hours of home practice for this show. Like, we get it done. It was Let's awesome. It. And we did it. So yeah. we're happy. Yeah, I was proud of us for that one. Great um, Do you guys have like a bucket list venue that you like have always wanted to play at? It was the corner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there's a few. Though. Well, I still put the corner there. I want to do like, a headline at the corner. Yeah, that's our right. own headline at the corner. That's bucket list. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, the corner's awesome. I love it. If anyone mm. that ever goes away, oh, uh, I can never. No, Just please. It's <laughs> sacrilegious. Um, what have you guys got coming up? Like, what's the plan for you guys now that the singles out? Are these like latest singles that you've released going to be in plan for like a bigger project? What's the go? Well. Yeah, so this single, Day in the Life, uh, is out now and we are going on tour in September and October. So we are doing uh, September 4th up in Brisbane at O'Sculligan's. Uh, we're doing September 16, our first time in Canberra at Sideway Bar. September 17, uh, the Chippo Hotel in Sydney. September 18, Dicey Raleigh's in Wollongong. Uh, October 1st, hometown show in Melbourne at the Tote. And then we're going to also for the first time we're very excited about we're going to Perth on October eighth yeah. at Amplifier Bar. So, yeah, we're touring. That's the biggest thing we're doing. And then those other singles. Um, yeah, I think we just I, I don't know uh, in terms of uh, longer form releases at the moment, but uh, yeah, aim is to release more music and yeah, keep touring. Uh, so yeah, we want to want to go and play for as many people as possible. You know, so yeah. that's well, the end. While you can as well, like yeah. Sort of have you, did That's you guys it. have to postpone like many of your shows? No, we, our own shows? No, we've been no, really lucky. We were lucky in April doing that tour then because that was sort of yeah, when there in was. Between. A, yeah, it was in between all the stuff happening. We had one show that was sit down up in Brisbane. Yeah. But, um, That's it. And that was the only one, limited capacity and stuff. But yeah, everything else went ahead. We've had a couple of postpones here, like the press club one yeah, got postponed. Press club so got our postponed. support shows here have been postponed. Yeah, a few, a few of those. I think we had it, we, we counted. It was like six support shows we got moved. Yeah, that just got moved. But I yeah. mean, it was just lucky they weren't our headline shows that we had to worry about, you know, actually doing all the rescheduling for. So. And we're lucky that they all, you know, oh, got to go ahead. Like, oh, those yeah, press club lucky. shows were amazing. Yeah, we got and... so like, oh, the press club shows got moved from February to the middle of our own tour. So it was yeah, awesome. So it was, it was like, like kind of fun another show to play. Like, yeah. perfect. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, Made for a busy weekend. Yeah. <laughs> we played at yeah. that press club show and then went to Brisbane the following yeah. day. It was chaos. But, um... Yeah, no, we've been really lucky and hopefully you can uh, smash out September with no problems yeah. either. And oh, yeah. fingers crossed and October, that. yeah. And October, yeah. <laughs> no, 
That'll be awesome. Well, thank well, you. Hopefully summer's just party and everything's yeah. open again. Yeah, we just love to have summer and heck, do another tour. Yep. And yeah, we, we really, yeah, it is just about getting out there and playing for as many people at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Releasing sure. people on the way. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Like September, October, it'll be like nice, wet, nicer weather coming our way. It'll just yeah. Be yeah. And dance floors are open again now. Yeah. yeah. Happy and they just stick around the dance floors. Yes, please. That's it. That's what we're we're very keen for. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you. Oh, thank you no. very much, Vic. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Um, yeah, had a ball, and we'll keep listening to the episodes. I listened to the one with Pretty Uglies <laughs> and loved it. Because we love those guys, yeah, and we're going to take it out of them when we go to Perth because they're legends. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a whole bunch of Perth bands down there, and they're so rad, lovable. Yeah. They're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we usually do a bit of a beers and cheers at the end. I've got like a freaking tea, soda, some random shit, whatever you have near you. I got my Cape Cup coffee. I've still it. got a mouthful in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> little droplet. Little, little droplet to finish off. Love my water with um, Sopranos stickers on it. Oh, yeah, beautiful. My, my <laughs> Very happy. Well, cheers, guys. Hope, thank cheers. you so much. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Clink, clink. Naked. <laughs>